0: This is Dan Wotton Uncancelled. Let's go. But it's time now for Uncancelled. And this is where Britain's top commentators speak out on controversial issues without the fear of the cancelled culture sweeping the rest of the media. Could some young people be embracing transgenderism simply because it is the latest trend? Well, that's the concern of the author and journalist Lionel Shriver, who in a column for The Spectator has argued that transitioning would hold a special appeal for some members of society due to a perceived increase in, quote, attention and elevated stature. The number of people signing up for sexual reassignment, by the way, has risen 4,400% in the UK between 2010 and 2018 alone. And as Lionel points out, the majority of those referred for gender treatment are adolescent girls, a traditionally suggestible demographic. Well, I'm delighted to say that Lionel joins me now. And Lionel, I really wanted to talk to you about this because obviously it is one of those conversations that most folk are too... Scared to have, but you say, and I found it fascinating. You say, look, it used to be cool to be gay, right? That used to be edgy, and and, and that was something that a lot, that, a, that a lot of people sort of to embrace chose to embrace. But now it's no longer particularly cool to be gay. That's very normal. So you've got some people, like for example, uh, the Tory MP uh, Jamie Wallace now coming out as trans, even though effectively uh, they're living a life as a man.
1: Well, I uh, was struck by the fact that Boris Johnson uh, admired him as especially courageous, which resonated with a remark that Joe Biden made uh, last November, something about uh, how transgender people were the bravest people that he'd ever known. I, I actually questioned how many transgender people he knows um and i guess i just reject that characterization uh i have respect for the what i believe to be a small core of uh people who are genuinely uh, genuinely suffering from a uh an alienation from the sexual characteristics of their bodies and uh and need some relief but i I I don't accept the proposition that we have had uh, such an explosion of people claiming to to be transgender uh, just because they've come out of the woodwork. That it's 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 okay now, and they've always been there, and and then suddenly uh, it's it, we've given them permission to to show themselves. It's statistically unlikely and especially this weird switch between the sexes as to who's getting uh who's who's transitioning it used to be overwhelmingly it was men a few men but it was men and and um and now it's girls especially adolescent girls it's 3 quarters girls well don't tell me that this is supposed to be something that it has to do with the way you're born well, how is it possible that there's been this huge swing in um, in which sex is born this way? So let's call it what it is. It's a fad, and uh, you know, in the media it's sometimes alluded to as uh, oh, it could be a social contagion, but that's a fad. That's what a, that's what a social contagion is, and I question whether going along with uh, a, a huge social phenomenon, with with a social fashion, is courageous. Mm. Uh, at, at at this point, it's it's almost the opposite.
0: And the risk is, Lionel, that fads spread in schools, don't they? That that's where it starts. And so we're seeing, arguably, quite a lot of pressure or peer pressure or people wanting to uh, be part of this and. You see examples of of people who then want to detransition, and and it's not always possible because of some of the hormone treatment that you take as a young person. So, I am concerned, I think, that a lot of teenagers might do something that they regret because, you know, I know what it was like as a teenager struggling with my sexuality, you know, that the hormones run wild, and you do at times think you're something that you're probably not.
1: Well, yes, this is... This is not as innocent and passing as an, uh, a sudden enthusiasm for hula hoops and pet rocks. I mean, it's... It, it wouldn't matter if it didn't have long-term implications for people's lives. Yeah, And uh, especially young people. I mean, look... Adults get up to all kinds of things. It's, so if they want to um, transition, fine. My big concern is with with un, uh, the underaged. And adolescence is ordinarily a time when you're trying things on, as you pointed out, and, and don't quite know who you are. You're naturally going to be looking for some kind of an answer. So I'm sympathetic with that that seeking inclination but this answer especially since the uh, the medical personnel now now are encouraging you know assuring you rapidly into this uh, set of procedures you know the the implications are huge um, most of these kids if they if they um, get put on these drugs before they go through puberty or not even going to be sexually functional. They will not be able to reach orgasm, which, you know, I would miss. Um, And they are likely to be infertile. They won't be able to have children. And they're making this decision at a time where how can they know whether they want to have children when they're still children? So that, and, and you know, that some of this surgery, if it goes on to surgery, this notion that, oh, you can just have your breasts put back, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works.
0: No. So what's the solution, Lionel, for us all to take a deep breath and and not hand out so many drugs? Or, I, I mean, how do we deal with this? Because, you know, the figure that you quote in your column, you know, this 4,400% increase, I mean, it's also gonna put a lot of pressure on health systems. Well, you know, once
1: once a, a larger social trend gets started like this, it has a certain amount of momentum. And I mean, it's funny, I've, I've written about another uh, often maligned social trend, which is school shootings. I mean, that that also had an element of the fad. People, young people were copying each other. Um, and in this case, you you know, in the same way that we can't just say, well, we want to make school shooting uncool uh we 're not necessarily going to be able to just say, "Well, we want to make transgenderism uncool. You know Older people are by definition themselves <laughs> uncool, and then the last people that teenagers listen to is to w- what they should do and and what is fashionable. But I think we need a little more responsibility from the grown ups on the medical side yeah, uh, indeed and and that 's really where the answer is this whole uh, uh affirmative approach and also blackmailing parents with saying, well, you know, if you don't, if you don't uh, go along with this, then your kid's gonna kill themselves. So you'll be sorry. I think that is really wicked.
0: Yeah, it is. It is very good point. Powerful stuff as ever from the best-selling author, journalist and spectator, columnist Lionel Shriver. Thank you so much, Lionel. What the Farage time now with the country's most famous Nigel and as we feared it was indeed a false dawn. 11 days of no migrant crossings in the English Channel raised hopes that the Rwanda plane may have got off to a storming start. However, as I warned last week, the weather did in fact turn out to be the major force behind the disappearance of dinghies and boats making their way to Britain. Some 293 migrants crossed the Channel and nine small vessels yesterday, bringing the total for the year now to more than 7,000 treble last year's rate for the same period. Our Nigel Farage will, will Let's be honest, he's been 10 steps ahead on this story for many years now. And he was out in the channel again yesterday, witnessing the chaos for himself. Now, Twitter keyboard warriors accused him of making up stories about migrants mysteriously throwing their mobile phones into the sea. Well, you know, we keep the receipts here at GB News. Twitter trolls, this one's for you.
2: We have now seen, in the last couple of minutes, three of the people on that boat throwing their mobile phones into the water. It was interesting... One of them, I won't say who, we saw on the telephone, basically describing who we were, clearly speaking to somebody in England, Of that I've got no doubt at all, but three of them we've seen throwing their phones into the water. If these were legitimate refugees, why would they need to do that?
0: So Nigel, I mean, look, I know this is a very serious story, of course it is, but it was sort of infuriating slash hilarious yesterday everyone said oh you've made that up Farage and you had it all on tape yes i mean look you know i mean number one uh
2: what i saw yesterday and i was back out there because uh, many commentators including dan friends of ours were saying 11 days no crossings around the works i thought well i'll get out there and prove they're wrong uh, which was the first purpose of being there secondly Um, We filmed a French escort. That French naval vessel had followed that boat from a quarter of a mile off Cap Finisterre on the French coast. So we filmed that. But I could not believe we were able to actually film throwing of mobile phones, iPhones, into the English Channel. Um, Why would you? If you were a legitimate refugee, you would want Dan to prove who you were. You'd want to prove. The terrible things that you've been through. The reason you throw your mobile phone in the sea is you don't want anyone to know your true identity. So you can make up, frankly, your identity, the suffering you've been through. Oh, and then forgot. You can hide your bank account too, can't you? Because, you know, the BBC and Sky, and I watch their news reports, I have to. You know, something needs to get my blood up uh, to come to GP <laughs> News and do the show. And they keep talking about poor, desperate people. That particular boat yesterday, there was someone on that boat, a woman on that boat I spoke to. She spoke perfect English, albeit in a French accent. I would guess she was a Kurd, I would think. Um, But these were not poor, desperate people. These were people hiding their identity to illegally get into the United Kingdom. It sums up, What a complete racket the whole thing is. And here's the big point. Rwanda isn't working at all. And here's why. They've heard it again and again in Dunkirk and Calais. The British government's going to get tough. Push back. Remember that? Push back. Going to turn the boats round and push them back to France. That policy was dropped last week. Every other blood-curdling cry we've heard from Priti Patel... And Boris Johnson has resulted in absolutely nothing. No one there believes Rwanda will happen. If, and only if, those planes start taking off from Manston and take hundreds of young men to Rwanda, then it will be a deterrent. But already we have six legal claims against the government using the Human Rights Act. And we were told today by a Downing Street spokesman that the original plan that the deportations would start before the end of May has now been delayed by several months. And that takes us into June, July, August. The water gets warmer, the sea gets calmer, and I think the Conservative government are gonna be overwhelmed by this crisis. This hasn't gone away. Do you know something? There are one million people now on the waiting list for social housing, many of them in red wall seats. This will guarantee a Labour Lib Dem SNP coalition at the next election. This issue alone will do it,
0: let alone the economy. Which is why, Nigel, uh, you've got lots of Tory MPs just saying to the government, get on with it, despite these legal challenges. Could they do that? Well,
2: I mean, the answer is, if there's a will, there's a way, and you can do anything. The truth of it is, and I've said this, down from the start, Brexit wasn't completed. Bizarre, isn't it? Even Theresa May was prepared to leave the European Convention on Human Rights. Boris Johnson won't do it. We have the Human Rights Act, which incorporates that legislation into British law, all the while it's there. Everything we do is subject to legal challenge. It takes us years to deport terrorists, let alone those who cross the English Channel. We need Brexit 2.0. We need to be freed of European courts. This country, since Magna Carta has shown the world what freedom, liberty, trial by jury, good values are all about. We don't need some bunch of judges, and they're not even legally trained, most of them. They're jurists, which is a bizarre Napoleonic concept. We don't need these people in Strasbourg telling us how to live our lives. The government needs to act or it will, I repeat, be overwhelmed by what's about to come. My intelligence is the numbers coming will be huge, vast. The average boat now takes 35 to 40 people This time last year, it took 15 to 20. It won't be long before boats of 200 are crossing the English Channel.
0: That is a terrifying prospect from the man whose every prediction on this story has turned out to be true so far. And Nigel Farage, I know you will keep on this, of course, back tomorrow night at 7pm here on GB News. Thank you so much, Nigel. Darren Grimes is tonight's Outsider. Now a new poll predicting a devastating Tory loss in Thursday's local elections amid growing concern that Partygate and the worsening cost of living crisis may see voter backlash against the Prime Minister poll well conducted by Electoral Calculus revealed that the Conservatives could lose as many as 548 seats compared to Labour gaining nearly 820. And what would be the worst performance for the Tories since Tony Blair led Labour to victory against John Major in the 1996 local elections? Now, the poll is also predicting the co- Tories could lose the two flagship councils of Westminster and Wandsworth, which would also see the, Tory control, uh, the party control fewer than 40 local councils compared to Labour's 85. But... Even if the results are bad, Darren Grimes doesn't believe it's over for the PM. And he's prepared for us tonight a five-point action plan on how Boris can save his premiership. So, Darren, let's kick off. What's the first thing Boris needs to do? So, my
3: first thing, Dan, to this five-point plan to make Boris Johnson great again, as Trump might say, and give Boris Johnson his mojo... fearless libertarian throughout his career, right? He was a fearless columnist. And of course, he was editor of the brilliant Spectator magazine, having a wide range of views, given a platform before we here at GB News came along. And I actually think he needs to say to his secretaries of state, especially Nadine Dorries, it's got to be said, that we need to get rid of the more zany aspects of the online safety bill. Earlier today, GB News posted an exclusive to its website with Matt Letitier Dan, who I know you've had on this show, the former footy player, who actually said himself the online safety bill would curtail speech. There are requirements in that bill, Dan, that mean that even Elon Musk, right, libertarian defender of speech on Twitter, that left-wing hellhole, would struggle to defend legal speech within the rules of legal but harmful bans on speech. That just cannot be allowed to take place
0: in the United Kingdom. Okay, so I like it. Point one, go back to becoming a libertarian. What's the second thing Boris needs to do, Darren? We need a radical budget, Dan. Right? We
3: need one that, like that put forward by Nigel Lawson in the 80s. I think it was after the 1983 election. One that actually takes into consideration how serious the times are. If you looked at the economy until Lawson and Mrs. Thatcher came along, we had an we were an economic basket case. We had inflation sky high. We had debt piling up like you wouldn't believe, and a really uncompetitive economy with struggling productivity. Guess what we have right now? Sky high debt. We've got inflation going up and up and up and people really, really struggling. I think we need a budget as radical as that one that cuts taxes, gets serious on energy. We get fracking and actually starts to put Britain first. Point three, what does Boris need to do? So this, I think, in an increasingly unstable and insecure global picture, Boris... And I couldn't even believe this when I read it last night. Boris needs to look seriously at MOD warnings, Ministry of Defence warnings that we're actually set to miss out on our 2% of GDP NATO spending commitment by 2025. That means we're about to head for a real terms cut in security spending. And I think, Dan, we cannot seriously think, right, as Russia and China start to arm themselves to the teeth, that now is the time to do this. I mean, I know the Russian army has gone from being the second best in the world to the second best army in Ukraine, but still, they are a serious threat. And I really don't think now is the time to be going soft on defence commitments. Good. Point four. What is it? I'm excited. We need to scrap nanny state nonsense, Oh, yes, we do. We so do. He promised this during his leadership pitch. It was red meat for the Tory base. We all said, this sounds fantastic. I want what this man is selling. Unfortunately, we haven't had it. A good example, Dan, and people at home might not be aware of this, mind. We are about to ban, as a country, buy one, get one free, or three for two deals, on food deemed to be too naughty for us, right? During a cost-of-living cost crisis. Cost-of-living crisis, I mean... Exactly. It is insane, utter insanity. We need all the offers we can get our
0: hands yeah. on it. This and also, time. it's up to us to choose what exactly. we want to buy, to choose what we want to eat. Give us the information, sure, but let us make the choice. Couldn't agree exactly. more and with you. Exactly, and
3: this goes back to your monologue earlier, Dan, about the NHS, right? We are We are here for a good life. We are not here to live to protect the NHS. That's the fundamental point, I think, for me. And the last point, Dan? Yes, what is it? Hit me. The last point, we need to fix childcare in this country. Mm-hmm. There will be people, I've no doubt watching this right now, who might be thinking, this is a weight around a family's neck, right? And the British economy. So if you can't go to work, if you can't get back into the labour market as a woman, as a mother... How on earth can you expect economies to perform to their best? We have some of the highest costs in the OECD, in the developed world. We've got young people today that are saying, I cannot afford to have children. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold off or not have them at all. Actually being precluded from having kids. You can't expect an economy to prosper in that environment, but it's far too expensive right now to actually seek childcare because we have a really, really regulated system. A Tory government, Dan, that was brave. And by the way, we've been saying this since David Cameron was in power. Governments have been saying this, that they'll deregulate it and put us in line with nations like Denmark, with nations like Germany, hardly rogue states that we wouldn't want to emulate. But we haven't done Done it. We need, I think, Dan, on all five of these points, right, it goes back to a fundamental point. We need Boris to remember that he has got to where he is through his bravery. He's got to where he is through being able to understand what it is the British people want and desire. And I think a Conservative government should, under Boris Johnson, be as bold as Mrs Thatcher was, right? It was right then. And I think it's right for the serious times that we face as a country right now.
0: So, Darren, if Boris were to implement your five point plan, do you think he can survive and thrive as Tory leader, even if he does have uh, a strong defeat in Thursday's local elections? And by the way, can I just make a point? You know, it's it's not a massive surprise for a government that has been in office for a very, very long time to have a bad local election defeat before everyone out there looking at you, BBC, get completely and utterly hysterical about this.
3: Absolutely not. I mean, I've just mentioned Mrs. Thatcher there in 1983, before the Falklands War, before, uh, during that mid term of her first term. This is Boris Johnson's first term, we're midway through it. She wasn't very popular at all, Dan. In fact, her government was, wasn't was very popular. It looked like she was destined to be a one-hit wonder. She, of course, wasn't. She seized the narrative. She managed to roll it back. She became one of the longest-serving, the longest-serving since the war, p- prime ministers this country has ever seen. I think Boris Johnson can do the same thing. And I think even if the local elections, and it, as you say, it is not unusual for a government to suffer bad local elections, midterms. Look at the way in which President Biden is going through his midterms. Not That's very well. It's going to be I catastrophic. Johnson, <laughs> it is going to be so bad. Apparently, the Republicans are looking at record numbers. Yeah. I think Boris Johnson won't face anything like that. He can seize the narrative back. He needs to sort out, as Nigel was just saying, he needs to sort out the Rwanda asylum plan and stop the boats. And he needs to get serious
0: on energy and implement this five-point plan, Dan, And he'll be laughing. So much free advice from Darren Grimes tonight. I hope Boris was watching. Uh, You can slip him the invoice later. That's Darren Grimes, host of Real Britain Saturday and Sunday afternoons here on TV News. Dan Button here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Cancel. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review and join me for more news-making interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Button Tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.